You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Ross, your host, and this is episode 231. It's guest day, and I've got Julie Bartkiss with me, and I can't wait for you to meet her. You can find more information about her after the show at juliebartkiss.com, and uh, she is the leading authority on workplace transformation. Over the past 20 years, she has helped leaders across the globe transform their workplace culture from negative and destructive to happy and productive. Her approach is a holistic one, as her clients know that a personal transformation is required to to achieve a total team transformation. Welcome, Julie. Kristen, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I can't wait. I know this is going to be a fun conversation. Uh, we are kindred spirits. Absolutely. Kind of play in the same space. So, and we've had a nice chat already. So yeah, I'm looking forward to diving in. So let's just start. So, you know, your bio kind of explained what you do, but in your own words, tell me what your work, what you're doing with your work and what impact you're making in the world? Well, I like to think that the biggest thing that we're doing that I'm doing with my work is really helping people see the possibilities in their life and to level up, so to speak, to rise up so that they can really step into the light that is theirs to shine. And when it comes to workplaces and the work I do in the workplace, you got to think that we spend so much of our time working. And if you're a leader, you spend even more time working, working at work, thinking about work at home. So if you're really not stepping into the possibilities of what you can achieve with your team and the journey doesn't feel joyous and doesn't feel fun, then it's really time to take a step back and do what I call is a detox to really make it fun, to make it joyous, to make it what I call dreamy. So the impact is really transforming lives like yourself in a big way through the work that you do, that your listeners do every single day. Awesome. And you know, and I'm sure you've experienced this, but sometimes when you start talking about having fun at work, people have this misconception that, well, it's work, like it's not supposed to be fun. And and how many times have you run across a leader who says, well, why would I thank my team when they're getting a paycheck? Oh, you know, and it's like, do you really want people there for just a paycheck? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Well, exactly. I've, I've run across that so much. And, you know, I've been doing this for over 20 years. And that's one of the biggest things that I hear, especially people who are opposed to, um, going above and beyond or doing more, they kind of want to like, I don't know. I always get this visual visual in my head where they want to like step back, fold their arms and go, okay, you guys change. You guys make a few steps. And then as really to, I'll, I'll do something, I'll catch up. And it really has to be the opposite where it's like the leader's got to be all in with enthusiasm, with joy, with passion to really inspire the, their team to do the same. But what I love is that when a leader gets to the place where it's like, yeah, I feel passionate, I feel joyous, I feel on fire about what I'm doing, they're going to naturally inspire a community of followers to do the same. 
So true. Uh, yeah, we want to capture their hearts. You know, we need the arms and the legs and the heads to do the work, but the hearts are what will lead and uh, have them take that tenacious action. So uh, what experiences have motivated you the most to make this impact in the world? For me, well, there's several. <laughs> there was being promoted into a leadership role myself early, early, early on when I was working in retail. And that's a story in itself. And then when I went into corporate, I was there for about eight years, probably had about 12 different supervisors. There was constant right sizing and downsizing. And I really just became fascinated with relationships and with bosses who were able to um, lead their team to get us to do something and, and bosses that were like already checked out and we were already checked out and not getting the results. So I became really fascinated by things that were going on in the workplace. When were people working together? When were goals being set and achieved? What were the things that really motivated people? So I studied those things through my retail, through my corporate experience and other work experiences that I had. And I just became fascinated with the relationship aspect of it and how we can move people towards greatness. Awesome. So as you think back to the work that you've done with clients, uh, describe one that really comes to mind that really fuels your own passion. And, you know, I'd love to have people share these stories because it's so inspiring for others to hear. And also it's a nice reminder for each of us, you know, if we have that story that says like, this is why I do what I do. So tell us a story. Yeah, so I'll tell you a story. And I could tell you a story too from my retail world that I thought was really interesting. It wasn't a client, but it was somebody who came in to work for me. Can I tell you that story real quick? Sure, sure. So in my retail experience, I remember I was working at this clothing store called ID. I'm not sure if you remember it or heard of it, but it was a clothing store that specialized in like all matching accessories and clothing. So you, it was the time period where it's like our shirts matched our pants, matched our socks, matched our earrings. Everything was like the same color. Everything was baby blue. And I just loved working at ID. And uh, I was really good. One day I had a regional manager come in and say, you know what, Julie, you're so good at what you do. How would you like to do more of what you do, but through other people? And this was kind of her tricky way of saying, you know, hey, how would you like to be a manager and manage these people? <laughs> and I thought about it for a minute. There was a little bit of a raise involved and there was a new place where I'd be able to eat my lunch and, you know, a, a new place where I put my coat. And I said, sure, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take on this position. So I remember starting and it was just a few days into me managing this team now. And I remember I had an employee, Shannon, who came in, she punched the clock and she looked over at me and she said, you know, Julie, I, I'm, I'm hungry. I think I'd like to go get something to eat. And it was located inside of a shopping mall. So there's plenty of places to go and eat, but I didn't know what to say to her. You know, here's an employee. She came in, she punched the clock. She looks over at me after a few minutes of straightening out a clothing rack and says, I'd like to go get something to eat. And in my young mind, I just thought, well, you know what? If you want to go get something to eat after you punch in, maybe you ought to think about working at one of those places. And I didn't know what to say. And the next day I was greeted by my regional manager <laughs> who said, Hey, I heard about the conversation that you had with Shannon. And I don't know, you know, looking back at this, if what I said was right or wrong, and there's different things I could think about that I would have said, but what does come to mind is that a lot of times when we step into a leadership role, there's not a manual kind of like parenting on, Hey, this is going to happen. This might be a potential situation. Here's how you would deal with that constructively. So there's like, almost like you get thrown into the flames and it's learn, learn by doing. 
Um, and I really became fascinated with, well, wait a second, did what I say, was that right? Was it wrong? And what could I have done differently to gotten a different result? So I take that story and I think about that example. And I think about my clients today. And when we give them step-by-steps on how to lead their team, which includes the piece of removing the fear from leading your team, meaning you're not fearful that somebody's going to quit on you. You're not fearful that the wrong words are going to come out of your mouth because they sometimes will. But we remove the fear and it's like a leader's life can totally be transformed. And I'm sure you see this with the work that you do, Kirsten, but one of my favorite things, yeah, it's seeing the workplace transformation. It's seeing the profitability increase. It's seeing staff retention go up. But when you hear from a client that, you know what, my whole life is changing and I have more time. I have more freedom. I took my first vacation in forever, or I'm finally having time to spend it in my office. You know, that's what kind of makes, you know, that's what gives me chills is when clients will share with me those successes. Oh yeah, I am totally with you. I, uh, you know, so as a, for instance, I have the six simple steps of great delegation and I've been sharing that for years. And so that can transform team follow through so quickly. And then I have the busting the five D's of discipline avoidance, which is specific. Well, one, it's a mindset shift of correction conversations, you know, the mindset to have and going into those correction conversations, but also, you know, key phrases to use if, uh, they're, you know, to Mm -hmm. one, help you identify the stay stuck strategies or combination of stay stuck strategies (laughs) someone might be using, but then key phrases to use to overcome those so that you can be armed with a toolkit uh, to launch into those. And yes, they feel so empowered. And, you know, I I could tell a story that this was my motivating factor for uh, (laughs) something similar. So um, I won't go into the full story, but I will just say it was a leader who shared with me a story about her team member that started to make my blood boil. <laughs> and I've been in the world of human resources for over 30 years. So I've seen a lot, done a lot, you know, and uh, but this is probably still the angriest I've ever felt because uh, she shared with me that when she would try to have conversations with him. Now, the the structure of it was a windowed office in the front. And then these were customer service employees and um, who were to be on the phone or online uh, taking care of customers. And uh, they were in cubicles, like in two lines with a row in the middle outside of her office. And I can see it. I can visualize uh-huh. it. And so she would try to have a conversation with him and he would start pounding his fist on the desk, screaming and swearing at her. And then he would burst out and he had done this multiple times and was still working there. Ugh. But um, um, he would bust out the door and proceed to throw things off everyone's desk. Oh my God. She didn't feel empowered mm. to have conversations with him because of the, you know, the way he was reacting and, but like, Ooh, you cannot have your hands tied and allow that. And then on top of that, um, he was on the internet on sites that he shouldn't be. And they had proof like most oh of the day. And he was showing up an hour to two hours late every day. And Mm -hmm. he actually wrote an email saying, it's come to my attention that um, you can't hold me accountable for showing up for work because you don't have an attendance policy. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Yeah. So anyway... Oh, I can see why your blood was boiling. On motivating factor for uh, creating this mindset shift. And, uh, you know, the good news is speaking of like being fearful of someone quitting, sometimes you mm-hmm. just need to celebrate that, throw the, your hands Woo-hoo. in the air and yes. 
Steve made it through an awesome correction conversation with him, kept maintained control, uh, felt so empowered after. And then the best news was about three days later, he quit because, you know, to send his joy elsewhere. Cause man, he did not want to be in a place where he was going to be held accountable. <laughs> so there's one of the good news features that if you do start to uh, have those tough conversations and handle them well, uh, Absolutely. sometimes people will leave and this will, they self-select out. I call it. <laughs> That's what I call it as well. I call it too. When they self-select out, that's beautiful when they do that. Yes. You know, when you, when you take the fear factor out of this, because you know, you're, you're in a position like that with that employee, that manager, that leader was feeling a ton of fear around that situation. But when you're in that situation and you're feeling fear, it's really preventing you from stepping into the possibilities of what could be as a leader. So you're not feeling the joy. You're not feeling the happiness. You're feeling a lot of fear. You're feeling a lot of lack. You're feeling, you know, just a confusion and overwhelm, and you're probably ready to check out yourself. And that's the part that we need to uh, rejuvenate within ourselves as leaders first is to come back and say, all right, what is it that I truly desire in the situation? And to create a picture for yourself of what you really want to have happen. And a lot of times as leaders, we're focusing on what we don't want to have happen. Like, I don't want another employee like that, or I don't want him to have these outbursts, or I don't want this to happen. But when you get to the place where you could start identifying what you do want to have happen and creating that picture, that really helps you step into that power. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and you can't accommodate that kind of behavior because your fear is winning. So oh. you, gotta, you can't let the fear win. So tell me, um, what has been uh, one of the biggest internal or external challenges that you've had to overcome in your business? And how did you overcome it? Oh my goodness. Well, there's, there's a lot. And, you know, the biggest one happened, one of the biggest ones happened to me in 2012 and it was a personal situation that happened where my husband had um, instantly and suddenly passed away. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. And it was in the middle of me giving, um, I was doing a video conference to a group of leaders on workplace gossip and pandemonium broke out in my house. And, you know, it's just like he was there one minute, gone the next. And then it's like, then you go back to life and you ask yourself, well, what am I doing all of this for? So then you've got to get back in touch with who you are, why you're doing things and help yourself really overcome um, all the mental chitter chatter that's going on inside of your head. Because I think it's easy when you've got strong support in place to push through and to do the tough work tasks. But when it's a matter of things going, you know, like, oh, he, he was instantly gone. It's like, then what? Now what do I do? Now who am I? So it's redefining yourself and, and stepping back into your work in, in a whole new way. So one of the things that I had to get really clear on was what I encourage my leaders to do right now is to really think about who you are and why you're doing what you do. And I remember after Tom passed and I was standing in my old 1904 barn house by myself, my stepson had moved out six weeks prior and my mother-in-law lived with us and she was panicking and thinking about moving out. And she did leave to go live with her daughter and the bunny died. It's like, all right, here I am alone, oh gosh. totally alone. It's like, I, I always use the analogy. You're like stripped down and naked, <laughs> you know, it's like everything is gone in pretty, in pretty short time. So then you have to ask yourself, well, who am I and what am I doing this for? 
So a lot of times when you approach your work, you might be doing it for other people. You might be doing it because you're looking for somebody's approval that you never got in the past. You might be doing it for uh, to support your family. You might be doing it because other people have expectations of you. And a lot of those things and more were my reasons for doing what I was doing. But then I'm standing alone in this house and I'm like, what am I doing this for? And, and who am I? So it was a time of reinvention. It was a time of recrafting my vision. And this is when vision really became a powerful keyword for me is to reconnect with that vision. But uh, this was probably the one of the toughest obstacles that I ever overcame in my life personally. And of course it overflowed in, into my business and thinking about who am I? What do I want to do? Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, how, how much did your business end up transforming out of that? Were you in the zone? Did you hone in on particular parts, let go of some things? You know what I got, got clear on, Kristen, is that there's this internal guidance system that we all have. And it was really a time of spiritual awakening for me. And I was always a very spiritual person, but even on a deeper level, like how much guidance there is for us, if we just listen. And I'm always reminded of that over and over and over again. And I remember um, even thinking about my, my husband's celebration of his life. I went to sleep and I had a dream and I woke up and it's like, I had all the steps laid out. So when I let go of the hard thinking and like, oh, how is this going to happen? And I stopped worrying about the how the answers came. And I found that to be true. Even after my husband's celebration of life with my business, I was like, all right, what are the next steps? And I'm like, you got to let go. You got to just let go of the how, and you know, you have these gifts, you know, that you have these talents. Now you just have to listen and wait for whether you call it your intuition, whether you call it spiritual guidance, but you have to wait for that to come. And I remember, and it's weird, weird things happen when you take a nap. <laughs> and this is why I think naps are so valuable. But uh, I lay down for a nap one day and I remember waking up and I gave birth this whole book idea and how I was going to have sponsors involved with it. And it's like, I, I took action and the next day I'm getting people on board with it. And it's for one of the niche industries that I work in. But I was like, wow, that was pretty wild. And I think so often, especially as a business leader, we try to control when sometimes it's a matter of, you got to just let go. You can't worry about the how. And right now, one of the big pains a lot of leaders face, especially if you're an entrepreneur, is finding the right staff. And a lot of times we try to like, okay, well, where do we place the ad? Where do we do this? Where do we do that? And I'm like, you know, it's really about more than the specific how. It's about just being inspired by the idea of who you want to bring on board. So we have to do more than just, you know, brush off that old help wanted ad. We have to breathe new life into it and see who it attracts. So I, ho I hope that's making some sense, but it's really about letting go and seeing what comes to you, not worrying about the how, but being inspired by what you want to create. I, yeah, I, it is making a ton of sense. And, and it, um, it's that feeling of when you're using all of your energy to push, push, push and mm. hold tight, 
and make it hard outcomes and make it happen. Right. And at some point, and you know, and we're the ones who need to, and like you said, wherever you get your, you know, whatever you call that guidance, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, uh, trusting in that because sometimes it's hard because it's hard, but it's still the right path, (laughs) but it might be hard because it's a door that's closed. And so you can beat your fists on it all you want. And, you know, and continue pushing and shoving and, and, and working so hard, but what, uh, yeah. So figuring out and using that, yeah. Taking that time to listen to that inner voice, that inner prompting. And I, and Um, I think, and I think it's gotta be a time where you just let your creativity flow and, and identify the areas where you're not feeling inspired. So to me, when we work with clients, we really look holistically at the whole picture. So where's your inspiration faltering? Where is it that you're not feeling really excited about, you know, because some people are like, yes, we need new staff, but our orientation process really stinks or our onboarding stinks. So we only attract people for like a week and then they end up leaving. So we really have to understand like, where does our thought process go to the negative to where we start feeling like I've got to control the situation. I've got to control it. But if we're just focused on what we want to bring to life, what we want to create, what we want to cultivate, and then let go you might get some powerful answers in the process. Yeah. And I love that you're highlighting the different parts of the hiring Uh, and it is more challenging right now, but I will tell you that uh, thinking about what your organization and hopefully you've done the work of creating a good culture in the organization and then highlight that as you're posting the job, (laughs) because it really is um, more, you know, I, and I was sharing with you, I know before we started the podcast, uh, the official <laughs> interview <laughs> chat, uh, that I've, I've been working with 100% of my clients across the U S on revamping job descriptions because, you know, too many of them, well, they're not getting any resumes, but you look at, you know, I'm like some of your, some of your link or some of your job description and they're starting with, you have to have, mm. Mm, no, what, what's it going to feel like to work for you? What right. are the advantages of it? What do you offer? And, you know, like I work with a lot of family business businesses and uh you know and so I have them highlight like that feel. I mean, one of them's a jewelry company and um, third generation. And, uh, you know, they talk about how jewelry like flows through their veins. You know, that is passion. Where's that in this job description? So think about the unique aspects. And then, you know, I also had them tweak it about, do you want to help people find the perfect, beautiful something to, uh, you know, celebrate that milestone? You know, so talk about it. there's another company that has they they've been having a hard time with warehouse people. So I, you know, let's call it out, get paid to build muscles, you know? <laughs> so, um, we have to be more creative right now and, um, yeah. And do a good job of onboarding once they're there and have a plan and don't have them, um, on the job training is okay. Uh, it feels more efficient sometimes, but if there's no structure to it, it's, it's going to be difficult because at some mm-hmm. point they're going to be uncomfortable or people aren't going to have time to answer their ad hoc questions. So, yes. So yeah. do you help, do you help people with that as well? Cause I don't want to dive. I, I'm I not going to, I don't oh, okay. and actually it's one of the, you know, because we deal with the, the workplace transformation aspect of it and helping people, what I call experiencing workplace detox. We're going to be having our book coming out this fall, workplace detox, but it, to me, it's like working magic when you could take a client. So we recently had a client where they put an ad out there and they were getting like hearing crickets, nothing. We restructured the ad. 
we put in a lot of attraction principles into the ad. And in two days, he got 40 applicants and seven interviews lined up. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm batting a, I'm batting a thousand too. So <laughs> yes. yeah, so it's you gotta, yes. But yes. we're like, you know, but it's like magical, right? When you see it happening mm-hmm. with your clients, I was like, well, wait mm-hmm. a second. Yeah, there's a staff shortage. Uh-uh, it's but not so fun. Not for you guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there has been a transition in work. Absolutely. But you know, you got to be more creative. And again, that yes. makes it even more important to have that good culture. So, but, uh, and, think, and another thing you've really got to do is tune out the naysayers. You know, there are, you're going to hear right now, and I don't know about you, Kristen, but I'm very audio. So if I hear somebody saying something, it's like hard not to like, let it just sit inside of myself. Like if I go to a chiropractor and I was doing traction three times a week and it was an open concept where I would go and he would be doing adjustments. And if there was a gentleman on the table, like before me or even a woman, (laughs) and they'd be like screaming during their adjustment, or they'd be freaking out or scared. I would get on that table and I'd have anxiety. I'd be like, and I like adjustments. You know, I really like them, but it's like, because I was hearing their moans and groans, I'd be like, oh, it's me next. You know, but it's the same thing right now in our world is that if we're tuning into what everybody's saying about staff shortage, about what we have to tolerate in the workplace, because there's not enough good staff, it it can become part of your reality, but we have to realize that we're creating reality twice. And once is with the thoughts that we're thinking about what's possible for our life and the situation that we want to bring to fruition. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a time of transition and in how we uh, entice people to come and work for, for us, but it's, Mm. uh, it does start with having a great workplace first and that starts with good leadership. (laughs) Absolutely. And I love the other word that you're using. It's, it is a time of creativity and the more you can tap into that, the more you can be creative, which I think you can achieve by just letting yourself shine by bringing yourself into the picture. So many people want to go into hiding and they're like, Oh no, I'm not going to share that about myself or tell that as part of my story or put that in the ad because it's just not that important. But then it's like, well, you might be missing the people who you could really attract because you're not putting you out there enough. Right. And you might attract the wrong people or no one, you know, so that's uh, always fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, uh, quickly as, cause you and I could talk forever. I uh, have that feeling. Um, but so, uh, what words of wisdom do you have for others who either they're just starting the journey of making their own impact, or maybe they're a little bit along the way, but what words of wisdom and inspiration would you have for them? The biggest words of wisdom I have is to stay connected with your vision, whether you draw a picture, write a journal entry, whatever your art form is. And if you don't have an art form, art form, speak the words, but really connect with your vision. Think about what it is that you want to bring to life. And if you don't know what you want to bring to life, think about what you don't want and flip it around because what you focus on is what's going to expand for you in your life. So the more you could stay connected with that truly dreamy vision, the one that really excites you, the one that when you communicate it, people think you're a little bit crazy. That's going to be your sweet spot. And that's going to be the place where you shine. Awesome. I love that. And don't let fear drive you. Oh, yes. Because if you're just running from something, where are you going? 
get that plan, get that vision. Oh, that'll that's help so give you that tenacity. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you so much for this awesome conversation. I, thank um, you. very excited to have uh, met you today. And so guys, if you want to connect with Julie, we will have her, her links on uh, the show notes for today's episode. And you can find that by going to defeat the click on the podcast tab, and then go to episode 231. And I was sharing a little bit about my six simple steps. If you're in need of those, you can grab that. It's uh, free and there's a short video and an ebook. And you can just get that by going to defeat the forward slash delegation sheet. So uh, get out there, make your bigger, bolder impact. The world is waiting. You have value to add. So uh, don't let fear stop you and uh, build that high performing team. Take care, everyone, and make it a great day. 